0: Hello and welcome to the Arrow Video podcast with Sam and Dan. My name is Dan Martin, special effects artist and podcaster, and I'm joined as ever by
1: my lovely co-host Sam Ashurst. And I'm a writer. I'm a director, and I'm here this week to talk about "If You Meet Sartana, Pray for Your Death," which is part of Arrow's amazing Sartana box set. And it's our first ever Western after over 100 episodes. And hopefully we'll be doing more in the future. But let's focus on the now. Dan, why don't you tell the precious Arrowheads about the plot of uh, (laughs) If You Meet Sartana, Pray for Your Death?
0: You know how (laughs) your favourite thing is a double cross? Oh, yeah. Yeah. And you know how like a triple cross is one more than a double cross?
1: It is. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. Well, this movie that.
0: features an octuple cross.
1: Yeah. It's, <laughs> it's mental.
0: It's probably the most mercenary group of individuals yeah. I've ever seen in an ensemble cast. The alliances and allegiances in this are the most ephemeral things. <laughs> but ostensibly, the storyline is a, uh, a shipment of gold has gone missing more than once on its journey as part of a combination of theft and insurance scams and when sartana and many others catch whiff of this uh, quite a large amount of gold uh, they all start uh,
1: looking for backs to stab yes and and backs they do find yeah the action's pretty much non-stop in this isn't it like and the shootouts are all varied and interesting and you know like big characters or or people you think are going to be big characters get introduced before almost immediately getting blown away
0: yeah 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 it pulls no punches with with executing characters uh and it does so with a variety of of exciting and novelty weaponry yes i think it's one of my one of my favorite uh things in the spaghetti western is novelty weaponry and even better, things that you didn't realise were weapons that turn out to be weapons, which becomes something of a, a regular occurrence in uh, in the Sartana series.
1: Yeah, absolutely. And yeah, it's got a kind of great opening in terms of the myth-making of this new character. Um, within the first few minutes, he's been described as a ghost, a scarecrow and a pallbearer, All of which could apply to Eastwood's Man With No Name, who's probably the biggest influence on the character with um, Leone's Dollars trilogy, the clear template for this film and, you know, for elements across the series.
0: Absolutely. Yeah, I mean, it was it's still comparatively early in the uh, in the Spaghetti Western thing. um, So it didn't have that many other films to sort of rip off. It's um
1: yeah, it obviously owes a massive debt to Leone. Well, um, I'd, I'd I'd actually sort of clarify that a little bit. I I don't necessarily think that. I, I think that all roads lead back to the Dollars trilogy. Of course. Yeah. So even yeah. the 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 films at the very end of the the trend are still kind of looking back over their shoulder at, at Sergio Leone and and Clint Eastwood. Um, Absolutely.
0: Yeah. Absolutely. But I think that later on, other films would be influenced by the Sartana films as well. Okay. uh, Because it was was early enough to sort of lay some groundwork and to do some newish stuff. It's also, like, The Undertaker aside, it's got a lot of space where you might expect it to be a bit more comic, a bit more campy. But actually, it's pretty dour it's a pretty dark film
1: yeah well the, this one i the, the first one is for sure but obviously as we go across the series it kind of gets yeah. wackier and wilder doesn't it but yeah you're right it, it is kind of more serious than i remembered but still fun
0: oh absolutely yeah, yeah yeah i think that's to its that's that makes it more interesting i think
1: yeah and um one thing that really struck me on this watch was, you, you know, the original concept of um, of Kill Bill when it was one film, that it was basically going to combine Easterns and Westerns. So, you know, Kung Fu movies with Westerns in, in one film before it, it was split. But watching this this time, it really struck me that that's already present in this film. Oh, yeah. um, it, it's kind of that combination of extreme action and, and mythic undertones kind of really reminds me of Shaw Brothers movies. Um, I don't know if you've ever had that kind of uh, response to this film.
0: Yeah, I think, uh, you know, samurai movies, Waxia yeah. and westerns all share a sort of, share a, a lot of traits. There's, I mean, obviously they're all uh, sort of like country-based, uh, like sort of nation-based historical for a start so they they all take place in this sort of like not necessarily romanticised but sort of caricatured version of the past of the country that they represent I think that's one of the things that makes Spaghetti Western sort of stand out as slightly different because they're playing around with a past they don't actually have any any claim to but also there's always been a sort of a lot of cross pollination whether you think about you know Seven Samurai and, and Magnificent Seven and Yojimbo and like all of these, there's always been a lot of back and forth between the East and the West, and I think it transfers particularly easily
1: within those genres. Oh, absolutely. But um, I, I'm thinking more specifically the Shaw Brothers kind of structure. Like, it, it just really, really feels like a, a, a Waxia plot. Like Yeah, the mcguffin and the way like all the twists and turns and all the like you say double crosses and triple crosses and all the rest of it i don't know there's just something about the pace of it and the structure of it that that really reminds me not so much of samurai movies but very specifically Shaw brothers movies
0: yeah yeah no i think you're right it does have a it has a hong kong pace rather, yeah. uh, rather than a japan pace 100
1: percent. yeah and that that's definitely to its credit um now obviously these aren't necessarily the best westerns uh, in terms of quality but even a bad western is fun in my book Uh, not that i'm saying these are bad westerns either um (laughs) but i I just want to make it clear that this probably isn't an entry point if you're not already a fan of the genre because yeah it takes a little while to settle into it and because every film on this disc is kind of very unique i'd say let's put it that way yeah um I, i'd say if you've never seen a western before maybe don't start here yeah no
0: I, <laughs> I, maybe not i'd save that for recommendations when we get to the recommendations yeah. we'll be telling
1: you what to dip your toe into 100 percent. yeah absolutely and yeah there's One thing that you can say about this series, though, uh, which does sort of uh, put it head and shoulders above uh, some of its contemporaries, it has some of the best titles um, of of any franchise. I think my favourite title is probably have a good funeral my friend sartana will pay (laughs) it's just (laughs) such a great title um but my favorite kind of personal entry in the series is uh i am sartana your angel of death which is brilliant it's the second entry but it kind of establishes that kind of wild tone that continues to escalate until the final film light the fuse sartana is coming now is is that final film your favorite Dan? It feels like it's it's your kind of tone which is the standout for you on this set. I didn't get back to watching every single one in this set
0: okay. and I'm and the and while I have seen them all they've definitely blurred into right. one another so I'm not entirely sure. <laughs> I will definitely be sit, uh, sitting down with it. I would say that my favorite title is Trade Your Pistol for a Coffin.
1: Yeah oh it's just um, so cool what
0: yeah. what an evocative title it's yeah it's not even it's not even worth drawing your pistol trade in and is not even offering to pay for the coffin this time no
1: <laughs> you're gonna have to swap your gun for, yeah, that it, pit, for that coffin it's not gonna cover the cost for you um yeah brilliant <laughs> and uh i'm assuming that you did dig into the extras and it's, yeah. it's a lovely uh lovely disc this this first entry in the series isn't it um really nice commentary um it, it's a yeah it,
0: absolutely and the the commentary sets you up very well for the series
1: it really does and it's uh, a german commentary about an italian version of an american genre which i really love by a guy named Mike Siegel, um, who's a filmmaker who specialises in documentaries about people like Sam Peckinpah and Sergio Leone. And this isn't a commentary where he focuses on stuff that's happening on screen. It's more of an overview and a kind of history of the series, which normally annoys me, as people will already know. Uh, Dan and the precious Arrowheads will know that that normally bothers me. But um, because this is such a, a relatively obscure series the information is actually really welcome Um, and it kind of reminded me of being in our friend Tony's psychotronic shop in Camden listening to someone talk about their favourite movies. Um, It is just a tsunami of information. I really loved it. Um, What did you think of the commentary?
0: Yeah, it's absolutely great. Um, It's insight into sort of every aspect of it but it's also as you said it's very much like being in the company of someone like sitting down and having a chat to someone about something that they love and that's really nice especially you know now when we've all been not watching films together for so long These, uh, these things are particularly like They provide a particular level of sucker.
1: Yeah, that's very true. And there is a fantastic interview with writer-director Gianfranco (laughs) Parolini. It's 22 minutes long, and it basically made me want to cry from the moment it started. This is why I love Arrow. It's such important archival work, hearing directly from the man behind this movie, telling the stories that would die with him, yeah, it's such an important legacy object. So yeah, long live physical media and long live Arrow Video. His whole vibe is just insanely lovely. I, I loved him so much. Um, yeah, it's h- absolutely how did you great. Feel? Yeah. yeah,
0: I like his, his uh, desire to make a film that takes $40 million because that's a lot of money you can donate. It was very, very
1: sweet. Uh, yeah, I'll just correct you on one point. It's $40 billion. He B- it is bit, 40 so. billion. Yeah. He does <laughs> which, at one point. Which is I, even I'm not better. sure. He, yeah. I, I feel like maybe he doesn't
0: know what a billion is because at one point he's like, I think he had a billion dollars, thousands and thousands of dollars.
1: <laughs> and um yeah there's loads of stuff like that so yeah whether it's him talking about wanting to donate money to the poor or to explaining that celery contains a liquid that's good for your brain like he veers immediately from one to the other
0: and and of course a little darkness when he uh, reveals uh, a moment when he threatened an actor with a hammer
1: yes um you know sometimes you need to do these things to get the performances though Dan you know you understand (laughs) that but no he's just an absolute like crazy joy uh and it is a a masterclass masterpiece it's probably my joint favorite uh Arrow interview tied with that Clive Barker interview on the Candyman disc which is still you know that sets such a high bar that uh, it's hard to compete but um Yeah, definitely worthy of a purchase for that alone. But there's also a really nice visual essay uh, by Jonathan Bygraves um, about the actors who played Sartana over the series, as well as actors who recurred throughout. uh, To Treat for Fans, um, another treasure trove of information. And it's kind of mostly text on footage with cool music. And if I owned a pub, this would be on every TV screen on a loop um it is very (laughs) fascinating and comforting and there's something about westerns that always makes me want to drink and it makes me want to drink whiskey so i think i would probably turn a profit if if i made people think of westerns i'm not sure cheap cheap whiskey from a dusty metal cup (laughs) this is why i don't own a pub i think but yeah uh, uh, again fun extra right
0: yeah really good it's you know for someone like myself who has a terminal case of oh that guy yeah um it was really nice. And what's amazing is because it, it sort of gives the highlights of the career of pretty much every performer in the film you suddenly get the realization that these people you know they were working with each other not just in westerns but in gialli and in sword and sandal pictures like all over the place and then off into sort of some of the higher like art house italian stuff that came a bit later so they were obviously very very familiar with one another and it just made me think about how much fun these films must have been to make
1: yeah, absolutely. Well, uh, I think that probably wraps up. Really, don't want to go into too much detail about the other films in the set, especially if you haven't revisited them recently. But we can both say that this is a, an overall recommendation, right? Yeah, absolutely. It's
0: a lovely box set. the The film looks better than I could have hoped. Yeah. Um, and yeah, and as I said, it's you know it's got all that fun novelty stuff with the uh, with the surprise weaponry. And, uh, like, okay, one side note before we stop talking about the film specifically, what's with the bell? Why would a sniper have a bell on himself? I mean, I know he later, like, mutes it in a cool way, but why would he have chosen
1: a bell in the first place? I, I think it's just, it's purely that. It's so that, you know, when he really needs to, he can use a bit of misdirection, you know? It's like a ninja. It's like a ninja with um, a tuba. Um that, <laughs> a ninja with a whoopee cushion <laughs> there you go exactly right if they ever do a, a a you know fancy re-release of this a UHD re-release i think they should put that on the uh front of the box better than oh, what,
0: just a ninja with a whoopee cushion yeah
1: or as good as a ninja with a whoopee cushion <laughs> oh, i
0: see <laughs> rather than like i mean i know a lot of italian films have very misdirecting posters for a while <laughs>
1: Amazing. Right. Let's move on to recommendations based on this film. This is what we do every episode. It's probably self-explanatory. Dan, why don't you go first, even though that's a risk, because I, I hope that you haven't chosen the the treasure in my recommendations but let's well, see
0: well I, I feel like it, the the first one I mentioned may be one that's crossed over just because it's such a personal favourite I'd say it's my favourite Spaghetti Western
1: oh I'm shit. sure I've
0: mentioned it on the podcast before oh no um it also has Mr Kinski in it
1: yes I, I deliberately didn't do this one because I okay. knew that you'd do it so that's fine good yeah it's, it's the great silence yeah um
0: it's it's about as dark as Westerns get you don't like you know, this this one's a bit dour, but The Great Silence is proper miserable. It's set at the end of the the sort of the outlaw period of of the Wild West. It's, it was actually made in '68, the same year as Sartana, and it's about a uh, a, a bounty hunter slash gunfighter who had his throat cut and was left for dead as a child. Uh, the uh, the the same attackers killed his mother, and um and he's basically become a bounty hunter in order to to hunt them down. And the government has decided that they're ending the savage practice of of bounty hunting. So he's got, uh, he's got a, a, the clock is ticking on his revenge, basically. Also, the clock is ticking on his revenge is an excellent title for a Spaghetti Western. Yeah. Yeah, directed by Sergio Cabucci. Uh, It's absolutely beautiful. It's incredibly dark. And it's, I think there's just been, is it uh, definitely in the States, there's been a Blu-ray recently. I don't know if it's come out over here yet.
1: No, I don't think so. Um, But but, yeah,
0: very, very worth tracking down.
1: Yeah, uh, absolutely incredible film. And it's one of many uh, spaghetti westerns that are referenced in Django Unchained, the Tarantino movie. So if you've seen that, you'll recognise bits and pieces uh, in that film. Yeah, wonderful choice. I have gone with, as my all-time favourite spaghetti western, uh, I've gone with The Good, The Bad and The Ugly, which is very clearly the greatest western ever made it might be the best film ever made but you know we can argue about that in person it has the best score the best shot choices the best characters the best dialogue the best third act everything about this film is perfect 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 and leone would be on my mount rushmore of directors for this film alone He's one of those directors who didn't just make films. He kind of created the grammar of an entire genre, like like a Hitchcock or a Fritz Lang or an Orson Welles. Um, Yeah, uh, I'm sure that most people listening to this will hopefully have seen this movie. But um, yeah, if there was no Leone, there'd be no Sartana. And comparing the two films is a bit like the... I want a spaghetti Western, we have a spaghetti Western at home meme, um, with Sartana being the spaghetti <laughs> Western at home. But um, that's not an insult. I would swap every Western ever made for this one film. So, yeah, if you haven't seen it, prepare for movie heaven. Um, yeah, the good, the bad and the ugly. What a yeah. picture.
0: And even if you haven't seen it, there is no way you haven't heard that score.
1: <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah.
0: It's just, so yeah, it's, it's just, a, it's a fantastic movie.
1: Yeah um what's next from you Dan so what's next uh, for me
0: is a uh, it was a recent first watch actually I was chatting to uh regular podcast listener Andre Martens and uh, he asked if I'd seen it I hadn't I looked it up uh it's a western it's got Ollie Reed in it uh and it's got a sniper in it it's gene hackman ollie reed and a lot of sniper rifles but it's sort of set around the invention of the sniper rifle so it's uh it's called the hunting party and it's it's pretty grim it's pretty dark but it's really really good uh like there's no good guys in it hackman is a is a uh, a sort of a rich man who organises hunting parties for rich men, and has managed to get in these new telescopic rifles. It's a new invention, uh, and at the same time, his wife is kidnapped for a bounty, uh, for a you know a ransom by Oliver Reed and his gang, uh, and Hackman and his lot. No, they can't go up against them, but they've got these telescopic rifles, so they start to stalk these men through the West and pick them off. And the it's I mean that's good enough, but the fact that the, these men have never even heard of sniper rifles. And there's a fantastic moment where one of them is just shouting, but guns don't shoot that far! <laughs> guns don't shoot that far! And they're like being shot in the head around him. It's Awesome. Oh, it's, yeah, it's great.
1: Yeah, sounds uh, and fantastic. And
0: that's on, that's on Amazon Prime in the UK.
1: Oh, nice. Yeah, there's that- for free there's a hell of a lot of westerns on um amazon prime in the uk yeah 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 um, wax
0: here as well there's there's surprising amount of stuff yeah like
1: floating it, about if you kinda, on the front page if you dig deep uh, any precious arrowheads who are interested in, in digging deep if you just google uh weirdness on amazon prime letterbox someone's done a really fantastic list of of all the crazy movies that you can oh, find nice. there yeah so um very useful but uh, one film I don't think you'll find there is my next recommendation, but there is an amazing Blu-ray uh, that's part of the Masters of Cinema line, uh, Red River. Now, Howard Hawks's classic Western couldn't be more different from Sartana in tone and style, but it's one of my all-time favourite movies, so you're having it. Uh, it's basically about gender identity it's kind of an exploration of masculinity with some of the best homoerotic subtext of the era um, there's a kind of pretty wonderful scene where um, two guys are comparing their guns but yeah but with John Wayne leading a dangerous cattle drive being the ostensive plot it features one of my favorite favorite montgomery clift performances and he is one of my all-time favorite actors full stop his eyes are supernatural um so that is a big compliment yeah whether you're kind of new to westerns or or comparatively experienced with them if you haven't seen red river it is one of those all-time classics that you do need to see but it isn't a chore it is a beautiful beautiful movie um yeah red river i recommend it
0: very very nice So I guess onto what we've seen recently. Yes, um, yes.
1: Recommendations from the past couple of weeks. If you haven't listened to this podcast before, this is again <laughs> relatively self-explanatory. Uh, <laughs> it's, it's what we've been watching in the past couple of weeks since yes. the last episode. Sam uh, um, and I watch a f- watch a few films each. We do, uh,
0: and we we choose the favourites that we've seen recently. Uh, my first recommendation is something I suspect Sam has seen in the last couple of weeks, also um, because it's coming out from Arrow uh, on the first of next month, and it's called Dinner and america
1: yes i actually haven't got round to watching that one yet uh, i do Sam, have the link but um, you will but yeah. love it oh will i oh excellent. yeah you'll absolutely love it uh mike came
0: around uh, and we watched it here it's Yeah, it's absolutely lovely. It's quite uncomfortable at the beginning. Mm -hmm. Uh, The director's previous, uh, not previous film, first film, Bunny Games, is a very, very different and very difficult watch. Um, This isn't like that, but you can see some of that tension in this. Okay. It's ostensibly a sort of -of coming-of-age punk romance. Uh, A young arsonist falls into the company of a very naive, possibly autistic young woman, and they start spending time together, she is so uh, sort of like fresh faced and naive that she his cynicism and and anger sort of like just rolls off her she doesn't get it Um, and it means that they have a a connection that he is unable to find with anyone else it's got loads of like there's loads and loads of comparisons you can draw Uh, it feels a bit ghost worldy it feels a bit SLC punk it's even got little dashes of sort of Heather's feels in there but it's definitely its own film it's got a great soundtrack the performances are fantastic and it's very very funny and very sweet
1: awesome fantastic yeah um, like I said I do have the link so maybe I'll be recommending that one next time because it does sound exactly up my street oh um, you'd love it yeah great what I did watch though uh, my first recommendation is The Hands of Orlac. now this one isn't out until the 14th of June on Eureka Um, but I'm absolutely obsessed with the score by German composer Johannes Kalitska. It's just going round and round in my head. It's amazing. It's this super intense kind of experimental piece that almost feels industrial at times, but it really, really adds significantly to the creepiness of the imagery, and it's kind of non-stop intensity throughout the film. There's a tiny little bit of what... Orson Welles called Disney music where the action on screen is kind of matched by the music which I'm not always a fan of um you know much like Orson Welles complaining about the kind of the music cues um for Rita Hayworth in uh, Lady from Shanghai I do find it very noticeable when the music matches the action on screen um, <laughs> but i 'm rambling it doesn 't matter um it 's just a really, really wonderful release of an essential silent movie that 's about a pianist who loses his hands in a train accident only to have them replaced by the hands of a recently executed murderer, which is a plot that people will be very familiar with, but it was uh Uh, cinematically um the first instance of that kind of trope and yeah lovely commentary by Stephen Thrower and Kim Newman um Stephen Thrower doesn't really like the film and Kim Newman does like the film so that that creates a really interesting conversational dynamic but yeah as I say out on the 14th of June the hands of Orlach, I recommend it
0: lovely stuff The next one I'm gonna recommend, I don't think you're gonna, no one's gonna go out and buy this on physical media. It's long out of print, and there are discs available um, from Japan, but it's about 70 quid for a DVD. But it is on YouTube in its entirety. Uh, I'm very much hoping that uh, a cleaner print of it uh, turns up. It would be lovely if uh, someone like Third Window were able to release this in the UK. Um, It's from 1968. It's by uh, Kihachi Okamoto, who did Sword of Doom. Uh, It's called Human Bullet, and it is uh, a young Japanese soldier in the last days of the Second World War. He has been trained pretty much all of his young adult life uh, to prepare to be uh, part of the Emperor's Iron Shield, i.e. a suicide fighter. And the film starts with him uh, a drift in the ocean in a barrel tied to a torpedo so that he can manually launch it at an American attack ship if it comes into the harbour or into the you know within range of his uh, uh, of his vessel uh, and then hopefully he'll be picked up by his uh, by his team but maybe not and uh, and it the film takes the form of a, a sort of slightly peculiar stream of consciousness as he remembers his his sort of path to this moment. It's funny, uh, it's sweet, it's very, very uh, peculiar <laughs> in places. It's obviously not a particularly expensive film, but they've done very well with, with what they've got. And yeah, I, I absolutely adored it. it. It held my attention in a way that
1: is unusual these days. Mm. Like, I was transfixed by it. Okay, and and why do you uh, that that's last bits? Bit. very interesting to me. Why, um, why is stuff not holding your attention at the moment? Do you think? I don't
0: know. I think like it's been. You know, it's an ongoing problem. I, nowadays, I have to make a conscious decision to not have my phone with me because even if a film's excellent, you know, there's still that sort of twitch to reach for it occasionally, especially mm. if there's a, a slow moment. And I hate that. I hate that about myself. I hate that trend. I don't want that. So, you know, I, I make a deliberate attempt not to not to do this. I watched this very early in the morning one day uh, and I did actually have my phone next to me and I didn't didn't even think about picking it up at any point. It's yeah, it's a it's a peculiarly hypnotizing film and and very
1: weird. <laughs> Excellent. Oh, brilliant. Um I I'll, I'll check that out for sure. Uh another yeah, kind of, of a, go on. sorry. Yeah, it, like it's think about think
0: about uh, if Joseph Heller had written Human Condition.
1: Wow, holy shit. <laughs>
0: so there you go. Yeah. It's got a it's got a strong Catch 22 feel to it.
1: Oh, uh, well, maybe uh it's one that Ari can pick up um because yeah i i do hate watching stuff on youtube but yeah um you know it's worth it and it's not you know it's got english
0: subtitles and it's not a terrible print yeah yeah Uh, it's certainly good enough for a a low budget 1968 black and white japanese movie
1: right yeah well speaking of mesmerizing black and white movies uh i watched the spy who came in from the cold this fortnight absolutely incredible spy movie based on the only John le Carre book that features a working class hero Um, and of course John le Carre was the author of the book Tinker Tailor Soldier Spy was based on and this features some of the same characters and yeah I I love this film so much and the Eureka release it's a lot of Eureka um, talk this fortnight I don't know why but um, yeah it's going to be out when this episode comes goes up it's a new release but i think it came out last monday as um as this episode goes up and it's just beautiful um i really don't want to say too much about the plot as it twists and turns so well but yeah it's just a a perfect story that that might actually feel a little slow to start with you know dan might be reaching for his phone in Ah. that kind of first act but it has this momentum that just builds and builds, and all of these kind of strands come together uh, in a really, really powerful way. Very gripping, very great. The spy that came in from the cold, out now in Eureka. Beautiful cover as well. Um, that I think's in a limited edition slipcase. I'm not sure, but it's just a beautiful cover. Yeah, I really, really recommend it. Uh, Dan, are you a fan of uh, the spy who came in from the cold?
0: Yeah, I mean, I saw it. I haven't seen it since I was quite young and I definitely enjoyed it. But I also, you mentioning it now makes me think that I'm definitely going to rewatch it because it I'm is absolutely one of those films, certain and yeah. I didn't appreciate on every level. Like, yeah.
1: Yeah, no, I, I mean, there's. I, I've been kind of going through a bit of a Orson Wells obsession recently. I don't know why. Um, perhaps it's because he was a genius that wasn't fully appreciated in his time. I'm not sure. Um, but uh, yeah, I've been kind of... Rewatching stuff and I, I watched i had that very experience that you talk about because i watched the third man when i was really young and definitely didn't fully appreciate it and this time revisiting it it's believe it or not it's my first revisit since i don't know maybe i was like 10 or 11 or something like that i saw it when i was really really young yeah just absolutely so beyond blown away by it and yeah touch of evil as well i've watched recently and um i'm gonna uh, go back in on citizen kane which is uh, a film that i watched over and over again when i was younger but i've got a feeling it's gonna hit me with a new kind of power um this time so um but don't worry precious arrowheads i will not be patronizing enough to recommend citizen kane on this podcast um you have you have my solemn word dan do you have another one
0: uh no 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 that's my list good but i, but, but I definitely I, I definitely uh sort of double down on um third man yeah for anyone who's not seen that and a and a great uh, a great double bill with um, Spy Who came in for the cold as well.
1: Yeah, God, absolutely, absolutely. Oh, what a movie! Um, what a movie! And another amazing soundtrack as well. Oh, that's the thing. Yeah, exactly. I th- right. I'm going to be completely honest here. I think I've got a memory of of when I was younger finding the soundtrack a little bit annoying. Um, really yeah and and watching it this time i've got absolutely no idea why i mean it could just be that i watched because i watched it on video it could just be that it was shit quality or something but um and the no. pal
0: video would have been a very slightly incorrect speed as well
1: yeah there you go but um pitch. god what a fucking masterpiece Yeah. All right. Uh, Let's move on to extra features, extra features, extra features, extra features. (laughs) Uh, Dan, do you have any extra features?
0: We've got an email.
1: Yeah. Good.
0: Um, Matthew White emailed us Uh, a very sweet email, which I'm going to read now. He says, "Hi, Sam and Dan. Congratulations on the recent hundredth episode of the podcast. I have been listening since day one, and always look forward to every two weeks on a Monday morning. You have introduced me to some great films. You recommended me Zatoichi: The Blind Swordsman box set a while back, which absolutely rocks. I love Arrow, and they have introduced me to some great cult classics that I've never seen. My DVD and Blu-ray collection is nearly at the thousand mark. Congratulations down on the award, Sam. Keep up the good work as well. Your podcast always gets me through the shit times. You are an inspiration. Looking forward to the next." Hundred episodes. Yeah. Yes, the magic of cinema is back. Cinema and physical media rules. I'm not sure what the future holds for cinema, but I'm going on the twenty se- uh, on the twenty second to see Godzilla versus Kong, Judas the Black Messiah, and Spiral. Cinema holds some great memories for me, and it'd be very very sad if it all folded.
1: Yes, indeed. Um, yeah, that's an absolutely lovely email. Yeah do do email us. Um, lovely arrowheads. We do. We might not reply to them. But we will always read them out on the podcast. Um, and that is a particularly special one. Um, yeah, a really nice boost to get. Thank you very much for yeah, it. That
0: was very, very nice. Thank you, Matthew.
1: Yeah. And um, yeah, I think actually, this episode, it, it, even though it's going to be relatively short, um, because we're nearly at the end, if you watch all the films that we've spoken about in this um in this episode, you will have some absolute <laughs> you know some of the greatest cinematic experiences of your life if there's uh, any in there that you haven't seen um, yeah yeah you know not to blow our own tuba our own ninja tuba but um <laughs> I, it's particularly strong for the recommendations this time around um but anyway uh enough blowing my own horn or our you know horn section (laughs) uh yes uh i'm gonna stop talking now and i'm gonna ask dan to lay out exactly how one might stalk him across the the computers across this country um dan (laughs) um
0: on twitter and instagram i'm at 13 finger fx i have probably been involving myself with social media a little bit less recently but when i do involve it comes as a volley uh <laughs> the, today i've <laughs> I've been posting a lot of stuff and um it's been very nice the the reactions i've had from people um yeah at 13 finger effects on twitter and instagram
1: grand lovely and i am at sam Ashurst on twitter and i'm at sam Ashurst 23 the number two the number three on Instagram. We should also lay out what we're doing next time in two weeks because we're being very organized at the moment. We've got a lot of upcoming titles that we have planned. We're finally
0: um, living up to our promise of professionalism.
1: Well are we though, Dan? Because I'm gonna ask you now what we're doing in I a fortnight. <laughs> because <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's it's your choice. <laughs> i'm i could i could soft a bit and look it up in the email <laughs> uh it's contamination um, oh
0: my goodness yes
1: yeah so what that, a treat that should be an interesting conversation uh for you, sure. you've,
0: have you seen you've seen
1: contamination before is this one of those weird italian genre ones you've you've never got around to i i see i i think i might have seen it at tony's house like it feels familiar it's a, it's a tony film yeah but i can't remember actually watching it so um but i've got a feeling this could be one of our argument episodes but uh you well know, if you if
0: you like the 1979 sci-fi film alien i bloody you, love it but you wish it had a sequel right then this is alien 2 as i believe and this might be apocryphal sanctioned by dan o'bannon himself oh wonderful. this is this is alien 2 right well uh until the copyright holders of Alien stepped in and told them to <laughs> get fucked <laughs>
1: <laughs> well, I'll look forward to digging into that over the next couple of weeks. Um we'll try not to spoil it too much. Uh but it's always better if uh you the listener do join in and, and watch the, the film. So obviously that's available on the uh Arrow uh website on Blu ray. Is it available on Arrow Player? I don't think it is, is it?
0: Yeah, yeah, no it is. It's on the Arrow Player. So yeah, I mean I personally well we'll get into it next week, but if you
1: can watch it before we uh before we broadcast you should yeah i'm not saying it's a reason to subscribe to the arrow player if you don't already do so but there are many 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 reasons to subscribe to the arrow player um it is currently packed with just so many great movies so it's amazing um, and there's yeah. loads
0: of st- an arrow have managed to bring in sort of Non-physical media titles as well, both from other labels uh, through collaboration and uh, some digital exclusives as well. Um, So there's uh, stuff that's out, uh, not out in the UK on physical at all, but is uh, from Agfa in the States. Uh, Some of the slightly weirder stuff uh, like Who Killed Captain Alex and Bat Pussy. But then there's also stuff uh, done in collaboration with Curzon. Um, Yeah, there's just an amazing selection of stuff on uh, on the app
1: yeah loads of they're really good with putting up um releases even before it comes out on blu-ray as well like the stylist is on there and a ghost waits was on yep. there early as well so plenty of reasons to subscribe are and they still doing
0: the free the free bit the free month or the free week or whatever it is
1: i'm sure they are i don't know i'm sure they are but um yes nestled in amongst all of those films is contamination and um we would appreciate it if you watched it ahead of the next episode uh not that we'll ever know but you could tweet us and let us know they are um,
0: doing a, they are doing a 30-day free trial still
1: perfect well that was the most uh professional streamlined advert for a streaming service that i think <laughs> i've ever heard so i'm sure we've um, we've at least doubled the subscriber numbers from that um but yeah tune in next time for more of this kind of thing i'm gonna go into the catchphrase and say thank you so much for listening and we promise to be more professional, professional. next time next time Bye-bye. bye bye bye